Hey sister, welcome to season four of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm Cassie, a sorority advocate and community enthusiast. After spending the last eight years traveling the country to experience sorority with sisters like you on your campuses and at your conferences, I started this podcast and her sorority journey to help you navigate the various seasons that sorority has to offer. From finding your place in sisterhood to running for officer positions, all the way to preparing for your career after graduation, This podcast is your guide on how to get the most out of your sorority and apply it to your goals in college. Thanks for inviting me along on your journey. Hey sister, welcome back to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. In between these different stages that we have of recruitment takeover over the summer, we're excited to bring you episodes that really support where you're at or how you're thinking about sisterhood going back into the fall. If you've ever attended a Her Story Journey program or heard me speak before or been an avid podcast listener, I've probably talked about this a time or two on the podcast, I am a strong believer in self-care during the school year as a means of keeping you in tune with where you're at and what you need to actively invest back into your sisterhood, right? I think sometimes we praise members who go above and beyond all semester long, but are actually neglecting themselves because on the outside, they are contributing to our chapter and they're positive members and owners in this greater thing that we're a part of. And then we cast a lot of shame or blame toward members that retreat to themselves, are really protective, have strong boundaries over their time, their academic commitments, their their quote-unquote self-care, right? And I think that praising members who neglect themselves and shaming members who have really strong boundaries around themselves are two extremes that we can no longer exist in. We cannot exist as chapters and sisterhoods that push our members to one extreme or the other. And while it's the most difficult place to find ourselves, we have to find ourselves in the tension of finding a healthy place between self-care and showing up during the academic year when we are in the throes of sorority events. But what does that look like over the summer? What does self-care look like over the summer? I know many of us, the day our last final hits, we are out celebrating with our friends or on that flight back to our hometown or driving across the country to that new internship or job that you landed. You get it. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you if you're home with your family, setting setting some time aside to just reset with yourself and your maybe friends from high school or your hometown. Whatever you've chosen for your summer break, however restful, however productive it may be, you still require self-care. Just because you're on a break from school doesn't mean that time and space is automatically built in. Maybe you're looking forward to a vacation in a couple of weeks saying, well, Cass, my whole family is going and having a lake week and we are just going to sit on the boat and being pulled by a tube, whatever your version of a vacation is in the upcoming weeks. That also is not self-care, contrary to popular belief. How many of you have come back from your spring break plans more exhausted than when you left? I find with vacation with family or with friends that I need a vacation from my vacation sometimes to actually incorporate that self-care into my mind, body, and spirit to feel the way that I hoped I would feel on that vacation or trip. So establishing that We need self-care in college, 
self-care is not a given over summer, that means that we have to be really active about putting self-care practices in place so that we get what we need this summer. There is a tool that I love called the self-care assessment worksheet. Super easy to look up on the internet or um, probably you've probably accessed before in a program on your campus. I think it's a really helpful tool to break down what self-care looks like in some really specific buckets. Recognizing that self-care is more, it can include, but is more than the cliche bubble baths, face masks, girls night, right? I think we like paint this picture because honestly, media and movies and entertainment has done a really good job of showing us that that is what we need to actually rest. But I think a lot of the self-care practices that I want us to dig into today that fall into these six different buckets of self-care are actually a little bit more challenging. While we don't earn self-care, right? The amount of productivity in any season of our lives, if it's working hard enough to study for an exam at school or uh, getting enough hours done at the gym or in the office over the summer, those things do not equal an amount of self-care that you're allowed to take for yourself. You need self-care in all six of these departments, regardless of how hard you work, how much you're doing, how different your bandwidth might feel from the academic year to the summer. You already are worthy of self-care. But one thing that I want to preface, even though you don't have to earn self-care doesn't mean you don't have to put disciplines in place to plan for it. I think sometimes when we talk about, well, I I don't have to earn self-care. Okay, that's great. I'm just going to take it when things get harder or difficult. And I just like need to take a step back away from something. I think there's space and time that we do need to take a step back away from things to get a fresh mind and come back to it. But only if the time we're spending away, we can actually clear our mind from that thing. I've known in the past when I have left projects halfway through or known that I did not get to a deadline that I was supposed to, I go do that self-care activity, that hike with a friend or a deep connection catch up over coffee. And all I'm thinking about is that deadline that I miss and like making a mental to-do list of how I'm going to get myself back on track for that thing. And I am no longer present with that person. I'm no longer present with myself. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation before where you are doing this mental to-do list and someone asks you how you are and all you can talk about is that thing that hasn't gotten done or that one area of tension in your life that you haven't solved yet or that you've been putting off. Put some disciplines in your life as you start to think about these six different areas of self-care where you can get the productive things done And you know that's a deadline so that you can enjoy your self-care and actually allow yourself to reflect, breathe, process, and be deeper connected with yourself. So just because you don't need to earn self-care doesn't mean we don't need to put disciplines in place in other areas of our life to not cause stress, anxiety, or misplaced focus when we actually are settling into self-care. So let's talk about the self-care wheel. The six different categories of self-care that this self-care assessment worksheet talks about are physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, personal, and professional. 
Now, as we start to talk about these, you might start to notice, Cass, like some of these seemed interconnected. Like one activity could hit multiple of these boxes. And we'll talk about that. But I want you to be super mindful of these six unique needs that you have in the categories of self-care to really fill your mind, body, spirit, and feel deeper connected with yourself, self-aware, more grounded, not just for yourself this summer, but ultimately for your sisterhood going into recruitment and the fall. So let's start with physical. Physical is a really basic area of self-care, right? It's being confident that like, I know where I'm sleeping tonight. I know what I'm going to eat. I have some of these things like taken care of in my life. But some opportunities for physical self-care include actually being outside in nature, right? Taking a walk, exercising to get really connected to your body, not in a way that says I have to lose this much weight or I need to look a certain way to wear a swimsuit, but in a way that feels really connected to your muscle groups, breathing fresh air and being deeper connected to the world around you. I love taking walks over the summer because it's so nice out. Um, it also will hit some other areas of the self-care wheel um, when you get to like interact with people or their dogs as you're walking. And especially if your environment has changed, it's really sweet to explore a different part of the world or the country. Um, if you are in a place you've never lived before this summer or you're back in your hometown, having that like little bit of nostalgia. Um, Physical self-care can also look like monitoring your screen time, um, being really cognizant of how much time you're spending on your phones when you might have a little bit more um, margin or downtime than you realized. And when you set those boundaries around screens, your phone, TV, I think that some of these other self-care activities could fill in that void because I think the reason we spend so much time on our phones, especially over the summer, is because we're bored. And when you remember being a kid, when you were bored, at least for me, when I was a kid, I did not have access to a phone. You like found stuff to do. You like went outside and played. You like went over to the neighbor. Finding some other ways to get connected to people around you, if it's the family members you're living with, maybe a a temporary roommate or um, suggesting to get like drinks with a coworker or if you're not 21, uh going on a walk with a coworker in that new city that you're living in for the first time is another way to fill that time that screens might've taken up. Not to say that you can't have some time on your phone, not to say that you can't have some TV time to wind down, but just monitoring that to make sure that you do give yourself opportunities to be present. Let's talk about psychological self-care. Psychological self-care is probably where I spend the most amount of my time. I am a big reflector, as you can probably imagine by the direction some of my podcast episodes go, but self-reflection is a really big priority for me, especially over the summer. July 1st puts us at like the halfway mark of the year. So I love to check in on the things that I wanted to do or the dreams and ambitions that I had. Um, many of you know that I said a word for the year every year. So I love to reflect on how the year's going and where the year's going. So how have I lived out that word of the year or like how have I seen different things in my life really reflect that word and how what action can I take to see that continue through the rest of the year and even reflecting back on what that purpose was? Therapy is also a part of psychological self-care. I think 
everyone needs therapy just to like break that stigma. May was mental health awareness month. And I think it's a really important place to come back to, to remember that we all are working through our own forms of, of trauma and hardship and the ways that we interact with the world around us. And it's really helpful as we experience different kinds of transition as college students do literally every single year if any alumni are listening the first couple years of alumni life you experience more transition than sometimes I feel like I even did in college I just moved for the sixth time since I moved to Colorado three years ago three and a half years ago there is so much transition I think therapy is a great way to become more self-aware and to really process through and allow your brain to come to terms with where you are at also allowing yourself some time to read books that improve self-awareness I find that I find that I like lean to one um, genre of reading than the other I like find myself in the like nonfiction self-help category a ton which is what psychological self-care supports that's like a great activity to do this summer is like pick up a book that helps you like hone in on a skill or help develop some self-awareness in a category that you are are looking to and you're um, a counselor or a therapist might have some recommendations or a mentor an academic advisor might have some recommendations on that if you want recommendations I can add some to in some different categories into the show notes or you can dm her sorority journey i'll always give you my book recommendations um but i also think in some of our other uh self-care categories that we're going to get into i think fiction reading is also a great way for you to really get into like the lives of someone else and like absorb another character i've like just started reading my first fiction book this summer at the recommendation of a sweet sister friend of mine yes it's an emily henry book and i think that's been a really sweet way for me to like quiet it's just been a really sweet way for me to put a little less pressure on myself to be productive during my self-care time so psychological self-care can include journaling therapy allowing yourself to like ask for help in new ways and maybe read some books that promote some self-awareness this summer all right let's talk about emotional self-care Emotional self-care is going to like just bring so much joy to any of my words of affirmation love language gals. Emotional self-care is giving yourself the space to receive affirmations, speak affirmations over yourself, um, offer yourself a lot of self-compassion, and just really be present and enjoy the spaces that you're and be present and honest with the spaces that you're in allowing yourself to cry when you need to cry, creating the space for you to like actually release some of those emotions, creating space to be honest and open um, with the people around you with where you're at and what you need and actually like receive that love and support. And overall, create space for you to get real with where you're at. I think in the the hustle and bustle of so much of our lives right now, especially in recruitment preparation, Emotional self-care can be the easiest thing for us to 
put in a corner because we just like don't have time to unpack all that, right? And emotional self-care is a great example of something that could like be combined with psychological self-care in the ways of now we have these big emotions that have been left unaddressed for so long. And it's a therapy is a great space to unpack a little bit more of those. But we have to start actually in the emotional self-care bucket of recognizing, oh, this thing that happened to me or this wrong that I that I that was done to me, I actually have to create space to offer forgiveness, to grieve that, to affirm myself of who I am and what even like what I love about myself and allow that to be enough to sustain me. And then obviously asking for support to stand in those honest present emotions. And summer is a really sweet time. And summer is a really valuable time to work through that stuff before you get into the chaos of the academic year where it might not feel like you have the space to do that with as much margin as you might this summer. Not to say that you shouldn't continue these practices and continue to make space for this in the academic year, but summer you might just have a little bit more time to dedicate to some of those emotional needs that you have and identifying who can help you and what kind of support you need to work through them. So that's our emotional self-care bucket. Cry, laugh, offer forgiveness, be honest with your emotions, how you feel, and be willing to ask for support. Spiritual self-care looks like a lot of self-reflection. If you are a faith person, if faith is a big part of your life, your rhythms as um, personal self-care can also look like setting time aside for yourself to learn or pick up that new skill that you've really been wanting to. Maybe you want to learn how to play an instrument. Maybe you've been wanting to pick up another language. Take some time outside with a coloring book. I loved that season of the pandemic lockdown when I would just like sit on my porch with the coloring book that someone gave me over the holidays and just color in the lines and give myself the space and brain capacity to focus on things outside of the stressors of the situation that I was living in. So personal self-care is all about reconnecting with where you want to go, setting goals, allowing yourself space to do the things that you want to do, which just like everything else requires the discipline to set aside the time to do the things that you want to do to put you in the place that you want to be. And then finally, we're going to wrap this up with professional self-care. Professional self-care could mean a thousand different things to you this summer, right? Professional self-care is also uh, sorority self-care. It is also that part-time job self-care. It is also the classes that you are taking this summer self-care. Professional self-care gives you the space to set boundaries around whatever kind of work life that you are in or structured or productive things that you are doing this summer. This includes taking time for lunch, allowing yourself breaks. Sometimes those breaks might look like a quick scroll on TikTok. Sometimes those breaks might look like a coffee break or a walk around the park. Those breaks are not earned. Those breaks are not things that you are like stealing time from the company or greater thing that you are working on. Those breaks are well-deserved and will promote your productivity when you come back. Professional boundaries also look like saying no when you feel like too much has been put on your plate. Professional self-care 
especially in the academic world or for sorority, can look like thinking about what's next, right? Giving your space, giving yourself time and space in the hours that you are spending working on that sorority project, on your academic homework, to think about where this thing is taking you or your chapter next. I know our recruitment chairs, our um, presidents, maybe some recruitment leaders are going to be working on sorority things over the summer. So how can you set boundaries around how much time and energy that you are spending on those things, but also how you are allowing yourself to cast vision for the future and not make action items that you feel need that you feel the need to punch through just about the moment itself. How is this event that you are planning elevating the future of the organization? Same thing with school. How is this class that I'm taking over the summer elevating my future career and what's the end goal of this thing that I'm doing? Allow yourself space to process, reflect, and take breaks to come back stronger to whatever that thing is that you are working on. That is your um, productive investment this summer if it's a part-time job if it's a full-time internship if it's a full-time job before you graduate if it's a sorority obligation if it is academic classes you're allowed to set boundaries and take care of yourself i hope these six categories have given you some structure around what self-care can look like for you this summer uh in full transparency we hoped to have this episode up during Mental Health Awareness Month as May came to a close. But in the spirit of my self-care, this was not something that, this was a boundary that I had to set with some other things that were on my plate in her sorority journey. And I think it's really, I always want to be someone who models the lifestyle of the support that we offer you all. I think it would be so hypocritical for me to say, these are the areas for you to set boundaries. These are the ways that you should care for yourselves and in full transparency, this was not, uh, sometimes I really struggle with that discipline piece of getting the things done that need to get done before I care for myself, not because I have to work to earn it, but because you have to work to not think about it when you get to spend time in self-care. And so know that I am thrilled to be learning and growing, especially in the self-care space with you all this summer and into the academic year as things really pick up in August. So make sure to stay tuned for... So once again, thanks for tuning into the Your Sorority Journey podcast and make sure to really... So thanks for tuning into the Your Sorority Journey podcast. Know that every download means the world to me. And if this episode extra resonated with you, I'd love to hear about it in our reviews or on our Instagram DMs. Have a great week, sister. However you listen, whether on your walk to class or drive to work, during your workout, or just while you're getting ready in the morning, thank you for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast today. If you resonated with this episode in any way, it would mean the world if you would tell a friend about it. Either share this episode to your Instagram story, throw the link to listen in your chapter or executive council group chat, or write a review on Apple Podcasts so more sisters can find guidance on their sorority journey just like you did. As always, sister, we are here for you and can't wait to chat again next week.